0: But doing this, you know, it's just going to keep you stuck in that state of overwhelm. If you're overwhelmed by how much you have, and every time you get rid of stuff, you're just, you know, buying more to fill it up, uh, you're not getting anywhere. And that, that can be so like, even following the same trend of like, everyone else is spring cleaning, everyone else is decluttering their closet, I better declutter mine, rather than asking yourself, like, do I like all the clothes in my closet? Am I pretty much okay with what I currently have? I could probably just let it be. And I don't. I don't need to declutter or clear through just because. Hey there, I'm Renee, a self-proclaimed shopaholic turned minimalist. In just three years, my family and I downsized our house, paid off debt, and I learned to make passive income online so I could work anytime, anywhere. We did all of this in pursuit of a life of more freedom, flexibility, and fun. And the crazy part is, the more I detached from my stuff, the more I was able to let go of pesky habits like people-pleasing, saying yes to everyone, and being who I thought I was supposed to be rather than showing up authentically as who I am. That's why I want you to see the Unstuffed podcast, not as a place for all things decluttering and organizing, but rather as a place where together we can unload it all from donating those pants that no longer fit to bidding adieu to those relationships that have run their course. I want you to see our time together as a time where you can unwind, let go, come as you are. And there is no need to apologize for the mess. So let's shed some layers, drop some dead weight, and start living a little less stuffed. Welcome to the Unstuffed Podcast. Hey there, it's me, Renee. Welcome back to the Unstuffed Podcast. I am in a total crazy state right now. Today is feeling like one of those days where I have so much to do, I'm rushing around so much. Uh, we are getting ready to head out of town for a few days, Tom and I are, and I'm just, you know, if you've ever had to leave town, you have all of those loose ends you have to tie up and being someone who works for myself from home, you know, I still have those and a lot of times I I put too much pressure on myself to get too much done uh, or let myself fall behind. The kids were sick last week, I was kind of under the weather um, and now I'm like, I went from basically couch potato status to just full-time rush status. So if I sound like I'm out of it, it's because I am. <laughs> I'm going to be fully, full disclosure, that's what's going on with me today. However, going into that slow couch potato mode and kind of coming out has really been a great place, actually. Um, I could turn this into a whole other like mini therapy session about how we need to listen to our thoughts and how we need that downtime and how those sad days aren't always bad days. Like if we can use that sadness for good, instead, I'll just stick to the topic at hand that I wanted to talk with you guys about. And that's signs that you're using minimalism as just another trend. This is something I was thinking about today. I don't even know why or where the thought came from, but this was something I struggled with when I first started my minimalist journey. I got so swept up in what everyone was doing and became obsessed with minimalism in a really weird way. A lot of times I tell you guys, I've said before, I never really read books about decluttering or minimalism. And I guess I did, but I didn't. The books that I read were, you know, people who were choosing to move into tiny homes. Uh, The Minimalists, I watched their documentary about, you know, how they left their high-paying jobs and lived out of backpacks. And uh, I read about a family, the book was called Power of Half, where this family sold their home and took the profits and used it to start building wells um, in countries that needed them. Those were the types of books that I got into. But when I was living in a 3,400 square foot home with four bathrooms, four bedrooms, three levels, two living rooms, two dining rooms, you know, and I'm reading about these people who are selling their mansions and fixing, you know, cultures in different countries or like help working to make these big, massive impacts on the world right? Or this woman who, you know, sold everything and started living out of a tiny house. Those are really big, drastic differences. And I just kept feeling like I wasn't measuring up. Like I couldn't declutter enough. And I had to be one of those people. If I wasn't living in a tiny house, I couldn't call myself a minimalist. I wasn't doing good enough. Uh, And this just so quickly can go Right back into what we're trying to escape from, what I at the time was trying to escape from. My whole life up to that point, I had been trying to keep up with everybody. I wanted to look as good as everybody else. I wanted to keep, you know, have the best TV. I wanted to have the updated house. I wanted to have the better car. I wanted to have, I wasn't ever really, and I wasn't knowingly competing with everybody. That's the thing about me. <laughs> I was never knowingly competing. I wasn't like, oh they've got that. Now I need that. But it was more that I thought that there were certain things I needed to collect to be happy. So I was working through the process of collecting those things to be happy. And then when I started hearing about minimalism and stories of people who were downsizing, I started to believe that I needed to have nothing to be happy. I needed a backpack and that was it. Uh, and in doing either of these drastic differences, I was keeping myself from happy. Uh And so I just wanted to connect with you guys today in case this is you, in case you're falling into this trap. And I wanted to just lay out a few different signs that, you know, maybe you're using minimalism as just another trend. And if that's the case, you're probably adding a lot of stress uh, to yourself. That doesn't really need to be added. So number one, maybe you feel like you're doing it wrong. If you're going through the process of decluttering your house or simplifying, and you're thinking, I'm doing this wrong, I'm not doing this right, I'm not doing it good enough. You know, that's your first sign that you're taking it way too seriously. You all know by now, my favorite author, the late Wayne Dyer, is the person I credit for, you know, his teachings helping transform my life. And something he said was, stop taking yourself so damn seriously. He said that in one of his talks. And I heard it a few months back and that's been something I've been going back to over and over again is just stop taking yourself so damn seriously because I do it so often. And I'm not someone who has voices in my head. You know, I know some of us hear another voice. We hear audible voices talking in our heads. That's not me. And while I see that there are definitely stressors to having, you know, voices in your head kind of thing, um, my stress is that... (laughs) I think my, I'm, I've come to realize like my emotions act first. So like, I don't necessarily know what I'm thinking. I just go straight to feeling. And because I'm feeling so strong, I don't know where it came from or why it's there. And I have to walk myself through the process of figuring that out. So what I mean is, you know, I don't necessarily know that I'm feeling like, oh, I have to keep up. Oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing this. You should be doing this. You should be doing this. Other people, you know, it's like the thought doesn't happen, but the emotion does. So I'm just all of a sudden spiraling in a state of emotional panic. And I don't know why. And I've come to recognize that whenever I'm feeling that, whenever I'm feeling like, like rush, like I got to do more, I got to try harder, I got to be faster, I got to, that got to, got to, got to, got to, got to, you know, it's like my heart's beating faster. That's my sign to know like, whoa, Okay. You are going in a spiral. You are starting to feel like you have to. You're believing the shoulds. You're trying to keep up with what? What am I trying to keep up with? Every time I do that, I have to ask myself, okay, where did this come from? Why did I start spiraling? Uh, And it's usually from seeing someone else doing life in a way that I feel like is good. You know, I'll see someone who maybe their house is cleaner than mine or they can just say the tiniest thing like, you know, our, my kids don't have very many toys. My kids have three toys. And I'm like, oh my God. You know, my emotions are going, holy crap, our kids have too many toys. I can't believe my kids have so many toys. They only have three. Why don't I have three? But then I try to like take the kids' toys away and the kids fight with me on it. And I'm like, how come their life is so much easier and their kids don't fight them on these toys? And it can just spiral into this whole big giant thing. So if you are feeling like you are doing anything wrong, it's because you're looking too closely at someone else that's really the place where most of the time this is going to come from, right? We're looking too closely at someone else's journey. That's the only way we're feeling like we can do it wrong is because we're comparing to someone else. And if we're not comparing to someone else, we're probably comparing to the things that we were told growing up. You know, a lot of us were led to believe like a certain amount of mess is not okay or, you know, getting things done at a certain time or a certain way, that's the right way to do it. We were taught the right way to do things. And if we're not doing it step by step the right way, quote unquote, right way, then we feel like we're doing it wrong. And I think it's so important to remember that to stop taking yourself so seriously. And there's no way to do something wrong. I mean, like, yeah, you can't put a screwdriver in with a hammer. You know, like that's wrong. That's not gonna work for you. But when it comes to you and yourself and how you operate, you're not doing anything wrong. Same thing comes to minimalism and decluttering. There's no right or wrong way to do it. That's why I always hated sharing the how-to processes, but they can be so helpful. How-tos can be so helpful because it gives us each an idea of how to do something if we don't know. Um But I hate sharing how-tos because I struggle with when I see someone tell me how to do something, I have immediately assigned them the role of the smarter person. (laughs) They are the expert. I am the moron. And I need to do exactly what they say. And whenever I have done that, I steer myself away from who I am. That's why I was always so hesitant to do those like how-tos or those teachings um, because there's so much fluidity. You know, we all have a different way of doing things. We're all going to have a different way. And I kind of combined this into my second one, which is comparing ourselves to those with less. Just like we used to compare ourselves to those with more, when you're practicing minimalism, you might be comparing yourself to those with less. Like I was doing, you know, I was decluttering my closet. I was simplifying. Even after we downsized our house, it wasn't downsized enough. And I still had too much. And the idea of where that was coming from is because I was comparing myself to the people who had less and it's so silly because our journey never ever has to look like anyone else's that's part of why I let my kids have whatever toys that they want um because obviously my kids are 12 and 13 now so I do want them to have that control of their things but I also you know want to let them have their own journey and I think we all need to give ourselves permission to do this um to figure out the way things work for us. And if you're anything like me, you probably hate the process of figuring out the way things work for you. I hate it so much. I just want to know and figure it out. Like, I really, more than anything, I want life to look like someone telling me how to do it. And I will do it step for step. I will do it exactly how. And I need it to work like they said it would. Uh, and that rarely happens with the, I think of like things like investing. For investing, I have done that and it has worked nicely. You know, there are certain mathematical things that will work. But I've listened to other people how-tos with money and their ways didn't work. They added stress. There's so much fluidity in life. And so often we think it has to look the same way it looked for somebody else, which is just silly. And speaking of the way it looks for someone else, this brings me to my next one, which is you're probably trying to match aesthetic. I read the book, um, the Afro Minimalists Guide to Minimalism. Is that what it is? Something? It's, it's the Afro Minimalist book. It's Christine Pratt's book um, on minimalist on minimalism, uh, and which is amazing, especially if you are a person of color. I highly recommend reading this book if you are working to practice minimalism in your life. She specifically lays out um, different tips, different ideas for people of color who, you know, I'm lacking the correct words here, but who aren't as privileged. The people who, you know, she shares a lot about how she grew up with very little. So when she started making money, she wanted more, 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 a lot, a lot, a lot. She felt this need to prove herself. Um, especially as a woman of color. And it's just, it was a really great book. It was really interesting. But one of the things she shares in there is how she felt like her whole home had to be neutral, right? Because when we see minimalist aesthetic on Instagram or Pinterest, it's all white neutral aesthetic. And my home is close. There's a lot of neutral in my home, but I also have pops of color. Um, And I've learned to embrace those pops of color. And Christine talks about this, you know, the Afro Minimalist Guide, um, how she wanted to include her heritage, her Native Native American, her African American heritage throughout her home, um, you know, with certain pieces and artwork. And I had to give myself permission to do the same thing. That's what if you've seen any of my videos, you know, I've got a Goonies poster on my master bedroom wall. And. It used to just sit in my basement. Our basement's unfinished. So it was sitting in the basement for some future date. But Tom and I just are obsessed with the Goonies. We love the Goonies. So I decided, screw it. I'm just going to put it on my bedroom wall. Like I just want it in my room. I want it to be displayed. The Goonies make me happy. (laughs) I want it out. Um, I also purchased artwork from a TikTok uh, artist. She has since kind of shifted her artwork, but I really loved her original poppy stuff was like, Donuts. She had a lot of donuts. So it's the American Gothic picture with donuts combined in there. And I just was like, you know what? This is so cute. I love it so much. Every part of me thinks, like, no, you need to have live, laugh, love in your home and only buy things from Home Goods so that your home looks beautiful and worthy of a magazine. You know, I have those beliefs in the back of my mind. And I was like, screw it. I want to support not a local artist, but I want to support an artist who I know from TikTok um, in her artwork. And I love her artwork. I want that in my home because it makes me happy. I see this and it makes me happy. And it's so silly that we deprive ourselves of those things because we're trying to match somebody else's aesthetic that's been laid out for us. Now, if you love the minimalism aesthetic, go for it, you know? But I think it's so important to ask yourself, do I love this aesthetic? Or, you know... Do I love it because I feel like it helps me fit in with the minimalism trend? Because minimalism is very much a trend right now. Um, lucky for me because it makes it you know easier for people to find me. But my hope is to steer away from that and just let it be about a lifestyle. After our family downsized our house, we started working to pay off debt and build an actual savings because for decades I would transfer $100 to our savings account, but then I would end up transferring it right back to our checking when we had overspent. So when we downsized, I decided to get serious about saving money for things like emergencies and for fun things like travel. The first thing I did was open a high yield savings account that was separate from our current checking account. That way, it wouldn't be as easy for me to just pull money out whenever I felt like I needed it. And I knew it would force me to take my spending and my saving a lot more seriously. So if you are in a similar boat and are hoping to up your game when it comes to saving money, one of the absolute best accounts to get started is called Savings Connect. This is a savings account that pays close to 5% when you set an automatic savings deposit of just $100 per month. This is 11 times the national average, which means if you use a current savings account that's attached to your checking, there's a good chance you are not making nearly enough money. So if you're at a place in life where you're committed to changing your financial future and you actually want to start getting some money in the bank, you can get started with a Savings Connect account for as little as $100. Just head to renebenis.com forward slash save to learn more, and I will fill you in on all of the details. That's renebenis.com forward slash save to learn more. Side note, minimalism, the way it looks for me, is, you know, 50 years ago, it wasn't even a thing. It was just, just how people live. People just bought what they needed and then they stopped. You know, and it's just been in the last few years the last couple decades, where consumerism has just run rampant, and we just keep buying and keep buying and keep chasing the next thing, so in reality, I'm just living pretty normal, but it needs to have the word of minimalism attached to it now because uh, it's not normal to just buy what you need and then stop anymore. so being mindful of the aesthetic you're creating in your home and whether or not you're doing it because you love it and it makes you feel better, it makes you feel more at peace or because you're trying to match the trends. Another thing I want to say about that, I have a note here for myself, is maybe you're trying to do the total neutral minimalism, or there's a current new trend right now that I've seen um, from like the home edit. You know, I just saw that book at Target where they do everything rainbowed, everything organized. And I watched the home edit and I truly love the women. I love the way they talk. I love their, their motives for doing things, but I'm very different. I'm very different from them in the sense like they were both like, oh, we love organizing. We love organizing. We always have to reorganize our homes. You'll always have to reorganize your homes. Um, And I've heard them say that in their episodes. So it's good to let people know like you don't just organize and then you're done, which I always thought, um, but also that they love doing it. I don't love organizing like I, I used to because it would make me feel like I was giving myself some sort of control but more and more i realized like i don't want to clean i don't want to organize you know putting labels on things doesn't give me like this secret thrill i would much rather like sit outside and read a book that's what i want to do so i want my house to not need to be organized <laughs> i'm lazy and they're not you know that's what i'm getting at um but matching their rainbow aesthetic could be another way that we're copying so it's not necessarily neutrals it can be you know, just seeing the way someone else is doing something and thinking that we have to do it the exact same way. We have to match the way it looks. Um, and that's just not the case. Stop taking yourself so seriously, you know. Next thing is you're not getting anywhere with decluttering. There might be a, a trend happening where you're going through this massive cleaning hall. You're decluttering a bunch of stuff, doing spring cleaning, and you're not really getting anywhere with it. And there's a good chance it's because you're maybe giving yourself the excuse to just buy more. I did this for so long. It was like, oh, I'm going to declutter my closet. Oh, you know what? I cleared out 20 pieces today. So now I have permission to go buy 20 more. I created the space. Um, But doing this, you know, it's just going to keep you stuck in that state of overwhelm. If you're overwhelmed by how much you have and every time you get rid of stuff, you're just, you know, buying more to fill it up, fill it up. Uh, you're not getting anywhere. And that, that can be so like, even following the same trend of like, everyone else is spring cleaning. Everyone else is decluttering their closet. I better declutter mine rather than asking yourself, like, do I like all the clothes in my closet? Am I pretty much okay with what I currently have? I could probably just let it be. And I don't, I don't need to declutter or clear through just because. And another thing I think I know I've done, and I think other people do too, like I said, is If you're trying to match that minimalist aesthetic, maybe you already have organization bins, right? But you're like, no, I saw clear ones. So I'm going to get rid of my wicker ones or my wood ones. I'm going to get rid of these black ones. I need colored ones now, or I need clear ones now because that's what these other people have. Um, You know, you're undoing your organization so that you can reorganize in a way that someone else is doing it. Uh, It's just silly. And you're not really getting anywhere. You're just kind of shifting things. So that's another thing to be mindful of. And I kind of led into my next one, which is you're buying more organizational bins. Uh, If your whole goal for minimalism or decluttering and simplifying your life is to have less stuff to manage, your first step shouldn't be to head out and buy more stuff, buy more organizational bins, which is again, like I just am basically talking to 23 year old Renee right now because I used to do this all the time. I felt overwhelmed and crazy in my house. Um, And my solution was, I just need to get organized. I just need to get organized. And in reality, I was just a stressed out stay-at-home mom, you know, trying to figure out who she was, stressing about everything, spending all her money, causing more money worries. You know, my space didn't have a whole lot to do with it at the time. Uh, My mindset was really what needed the shift, but if you are doing that, if you're thinking you can all of a sudden get a hold of your life, if you buy some organizational totes or if you declutter, because I went through that t- to folks, uh, that was more recent, you know, maybe when I was about 30, where I used decluttering as a tool to distract myself. I'm like, I need to get a hold of my life. I got to get rid of stuff and get rid of stuff, clear stuff out, clear stuff out, clear stuff out. Um, and I wasn't necessarily trying to be trendy, but I. I wasn't doing it from a place of peace. I was doing it from a place of panic. And that's something to pay attention to because I don't think we should be doing anything in our lives from a place of panic or stress. Another sign is you might be judging other people's purchases. This is something I can never remember really doing, truthfully, because I I don't care too much about what other people are doing. Uh, And I think that's something we all want to hear. You know, I always see like social media posts where people say that like, no one's thinking about you as much as they're thinking about themselves. And I'm just going to go ahead and confirm like, that's true for me. I really don't pay attention to what anybody else is doing. Um, A lot of times it's because I'm so stressed that everyone else hates my guts or because I'm just focused on what I want to be doing. Uh, And I used to think of that as a selfish thing and, and it really can be. But we all have that little bit of selfishness in us where we're focused on ourselves, and whenever we find ourselves shifting and judging another person, I definitely judge. Uh, I don't think I ever judged for people's stuff, but I have those moments of snap judgment, and I I work to talk myself through them because it's stupid, you know, to think that I can hold anything over another person, but. I remember seeing this a lot in minimalism groups that I was a part of on Facebook where they'd be like, Oh my gosh, this person just has so much. And this person has so much. Uh, And this is something I hear from a lot of people still like my husband, I would love to declutter, but my husband, Oh, he's the worst. Or I would love to declutter, but my mother-in-law, Oh, she's the worst. And you know what? I probably did that in that sense a little bit, um, in different ways where we are so fixated on how much other people have or what other people are buying. And a lot of times it's so good to be mindful enough to say this to ourselves. Like, I'm just trying to make myself feel like I'm better. You know, like if we're using minimalism as a trend, like, oh, well, this is a trend. I am better if I have less. I am better if I spend less. I am better if I don't get tempted into buying the next thing. I am better if I'm not buying Christmas gifts for everybody. I'm not. No, none of us are better. None of us are better, ever. We're all just doing different things that work for us. And I hope you are doing what works for you and not ever trying to do it to inflate that ego or make ourselves feel superior to anybody in any way. But that's a huge sign that you're you're using minimalism as like a trend or a way to inflate that sense of self um, to kind of make ourselves feel more important or better than somebody else. I don't think I do that. But I'm going to have to marinate it. Cause, like I said, my emotions come before my thoughts do. So, a lot of times, other people have me figured out before I have myself figured out. But um, I do know that's something I see and have heard of a lot. Um, and the one thing I can say is, if anything, you know, I was the hoarder when in our relationship, Tom was always the one who was more minimalist. And what I loved about him so much, and which caused me to want to practice minimalism later in life was that he didn't ever judge me. He never told me to have less clothes. He maybe like would tease me because my hangers would be like crammed in my closet and things like that. But he never was mean. He was never judgmental. He never rolled his eyes at me. He just kind of let me do my thing. (laughs) Um, And by him letting me do my thing and like approving of me, I was able to to go, okay, well, I'm approved of. So then I guess this isn't working for me because I wasn't trying to make anybody else happy. I was able to clearly see That something wasn't benefiting my life since I'm such a selfish person, right? I want to know, like, is this making your life better? If it's not making your life better, don't do it. If it is making your life better, do it. We don't need to be in stuck in that comparison game with other people. So how do you find your minimalist center? You know? Why do you want less? For me, I was like, God, I'm so sick of cleaning this house. I'm so sick of maintaining my stuff. I don't want to be spending my weekends doing home repairs or yard work or anything like that this seems waste like a waste of my time like it's a waste of my life I don't want to be doing it it's that real selfishness that stubbornness and it's okay a lot of us are afraid to be selfish and I think the more we are afraid to go after we want the more we kind of stay stuck in a different kind of selfish like the more you stop yourself from from going after the life you really want the more you're going to judge anybody who is going after it does that make sense? And I'm, I do the same thing. Like I do it right now. I could lay out like 18 different examples when I'm holding back from showing up as my authentic self. And I see someone online who's being authentic and having a blast and just being her natural self. I'm like, oh gosh, she thinks she's so great. But really it's like, no, you just want to be like her because she's she looks like she's having a better time than you, you big grump, you know? What do you want? Why do you want less? And what would that look like for you? Like I said, my home, when I look around, it's not particularly minimalist. It's just, you know, 1950s enoughness. I have enough. Um, I have what I need and I don't really have much more than what I need. I like have what I need and then a little frosting on top, right? Ten things. Todd will lose a guy in ten days frosting. I frosted myself a little bit, but if you want a life of less, what does it look like for you? And then what do you need to ignore from other people? Something I have actively been working on ignoring is the ways other people are making money online. So I have felt really chaotic over the last few years, months, my whole life. Whenever I see someone online who is like, I made $10,000 in a single day, here's how. And I'm like, how the hell did you make $10,000 in a single day? And then I feel instantly like I am not measuring up, just like I did when I started my minimalist journey, right? That comparison game, that, oh my gosh, you made this big giant move. I need to make those big giant moves. Rather than me just, like, if I wasn't, if I had never seen that person who was making $10,000 in a day, if I didn't know about their post, if I didn't see their post, and I made a sale for like a hundred bucks, I'd be like, oh my gosh, yeah, I made a hundred dollars. That's so exciting, right? But because I'm like, well, a hundred dollars, they made 10 grand. I'm a loser. <laughs> it's just so quick to like immediately shut ourselves out or think we're not doing good enough because we're stuck comparing to other people. And as a final little reminder here for this, I want you guys to think about how we now a days. Are comparing ourselves to so much more than we rightfully should. If you've heard, you know, like I just saw this somewhere that we hear more information in a day than an entire person used to hear in their lives. We are taking in way too much information and we are taking in way too much influence from other people. Think 1950s with me, right? I always go back to the 1950s because I feel like that's when my grandparents were young and that's when I Love Lucy was around and I love I Love Lucy. So I go back to the 1950s. Who were you comparing yourself to? Your neighbor, right? Lucy was comparing herself to Ethel. If Ethel got a new dress, Lucy wanted a new dress. Lucy didn't have access to freaking Kim Kardashian. Lucy was living in an apartment in New York, right? As a single mom, she wasn't looking at bajillionaire Kim Kardashian and being like, oh my God, I need to keep up with her too. We're supposed to keep up with these Kardashians. We are kind of being tricked into thinking we're bigger losers than we are because if you think about your current neighborhood, your current street, where you live, 70 years ago, that would that would be all you would have to compare yourself to. And that would be enough, right? Because if the neighbors get a new car, you probably feel that pressure like you need a new car. Your car's not good enough. Keeping up with the Joneses, right? If they get new siding on their house, you feel like you need new siding on their on your house. And in that, you're keeping up with someone who's probably close to your equal, in, the, in your same pay range, probably living a similar lifestyle to you. So, you're comparing yourself to them. Now, we are stuck comparing ourselves to people who are living all different kinds of lifestyles from us. And this can be so great because it can show us what's possible for life. Like, I love that I know tiny home living is possible. I love that I know I can disappear off into the woods if I want to, uh, that I can do RV life. I love knowing that, but stopping my comparison to that, that's crucial. I love being in the age of information where we can, you know, see how wealthy people who are taking beautiful trips live. But I also don't want to see someone who just took a trip to like the Maldives and then roll my eyes when I take a trip to like the Upper Peninsula of Michigan because I love the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. You know, my vacation would be just fine with me if I wasn't comparing it to someone who has a million dollars more than me um, and who's taking these lavish vacations. Right. And it just can go so quickly both ways. Um And I think it's so important, whether you're starting minimalism or whether you're doing anything else with your life, is to ask yourself, like, am I just trying to be trendy? Am I just trying to fit in? Am I just trying to keep up? And I think a lot of times with minimalism, this isn't something that's talked about. We don't know that it's a thing, uh, that it can just be another way to keep up. And then we kind of can get that big head like, oh, I'm doing so much better than so many other people because look how selfless I am. Look how little stuff I have. aren't I just so much better than you, you know, we can quickly fall into just another trend, another category of trying to keep up. And again, that's something that's not talked about enough in the minimalist state. So I really wanted to go through and just kind of hash that out with you guys today. So I hope this gave you something to think about. Um, and before we close, I guess I'll just let you guys know, I started, um, a um, new email newsletter that I'm really excited about uh, called Stuff I Actually Like. Uh, this is something that's been kind of been workshopped in the back of my mind for a while because people always ask about my outfits or what I'm wearing or what I'm using on my face. Uh, people always see things in my house and be like, oh, where'd you get that? I love that blanket. Where'd you get it? You know. And I never really shared any links on social media because I think there's enough shopping links being shared on social media. Uh, But I also love really wanting to share with you guys, like, oh, if you're looking for a new blanket, let me tell you the best one. If you are looking for the best athletic pants, uh, athletic wear, let me share you my favorites. I want you to know the best, right? Because there's so much noise out there from everybody else. I really just wanted to be able to honestly share with you guys the things that I truly think are high quality and beneficial. Um, so that's what I created my newsletter for. So this is an email newsletter. It's $2 right now to sign up only for the next month, um, It's is kind of an introductory price. But I will send you an email every single week with some of my favorite things and some of the things that I've tried that are just a total bust. You know, I, I like the idea of looking at this email as this at this newsletter as a way of just honest connection with like between girlfriends or friends Um, that you can trust what I say because I'm not being paid to say it. So, all right, I'm going to sign off for today, but I just wanted to give you that little tidbit before we go Um, and hopefully give you that little bit of mindfulness to pay attention to, you know, am I just buying into another trend or am I doing minimalism my way? Hey again, thanks so much for hanging out with me today on the Unstuffed Podcast. It means so much that you chose to carve out some of your precious time, just to hang out with me. If you aren't quite ready for our time to end, head to the show notes where you can grab my free declutter checklist, join my newsletter subscription and connect with me on some of your favorite social platforms. Sending you so much love until next time.